opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent. Well, we know who the hard left are, who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were all right to right wing. Hard left agenda, printing money, nationalisation without compensation, hard left wing position, hard left, the 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 hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 they don't take my philosophy. It's just plain jealousy Is it because I'm good at my job I don't go with them all I don't do what they want me to do I made it in spite of you You don't for everyone other than us. <laughs> yes, yeah. Very cathartic, yeah. <laughs> so, reaction. Um, I'm recording. Yeah, it's been a huge day today, you know. Um, yep. Of course, I'm talking about the release of Van Morrison's latest record project. Yeah, the wait's finally over. Yeah. <laughs> At long last, we get to hear cast iron classics such as they own the media and why are you on facebook (laughs) (laughs) which i'm not gonna lie actually two of the better songs on the album like there's (laughs) 20 i know you said i might get us cancelled for this but look the song it could be just about like the establishment or whatever yes it's conspiratorial Ah, uh, never. You know, you know what? Why am I defending Van? It's a fucking, <laughs> it is a fucking ridiculous album, and there is a song, <laughs> like I'm not gonna bother defending. Uh, they own the media, even though it could just be about like Rupert Murdoch, because there's a song called Western Man that is just like fucking fascist gibberish about how like the Western man has lost his way because he's let these. <laughs> unspecified foreigners of some kind usurp his uh, position on the top of a pile it is really bad um but... nice i've heard it's a very divorced album as well yeah i d- i wasn't so sure about that because he got divorced as far as i know quite a few years ago and he's made like eight albums since then so i think like he's got the majority of his like divorce inspired music out of his system i think he's he's maybe looking Obviously not really looking out at the wider world, but uh, he's always looking into Van Morrison. But he's looking a bit more out into the wider world at kind of, you know, what's what's going on, the current situation. Various just kind of vaguely <laughs> alluded to unspecified conspiracies going on. There's, hang on, I sent, I sent a lyric to FFF that is just like uh what 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 does this fucking idiot say um not fff van (laughs) um yeah on the second song uh he's just like um 
I'm a targeted individual. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So I can sing because it's just like generic blues. Just like you hit blues on the Casio keyboard <laughs> <laughs> presets. Just like, he's like, I'm a targeted individual. Gotta get to the bottom of who's pulling the strings. <laughs> it's just like... It's a very normal. A puppet master, if you will. Yeah, it's it's a ridiculous album. Obviously, there's 28 tracks, and I've only had the chance to listen to it once. Uh, And also, there was an album by Ice Age that came out today, uh, which is actually really good rock music. I recommend check that out. Uh, And also, uh, there is... Uh, a posthumous MF Doom album in collaboration with uh, Inspector Dex, current group, Czarface, Russia, Russia. <laughs> uh, so that was, uh, anyway, so I haven't had the chance to listen to that yet, but obviously, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the late, great MF Doom, so I look forward to listening to that. Um, in other news, thank you, that was uh, RP Record Corner. Those are the new releases for the day, the ones that matter, at least. Uh, mainly Van Morrison, obviously that matters the most. Um, but also, Mike Gapes has appeared on some Melt podcast. FFF made me <laughs> oh, aware yeah. of this. Did, did you get the chance to listen to it yet? I did, yeah. I listened nice. to it uh, when I was like, yeah, I've just been like watching the results roll in today you know just chilling i'm like three zoots down like i was just listening to this uh when i was out for a, a little walk um and it it was i don't know it wasn't as funny as fff made it out to be he was mostly talking about his health problems because <laughs> you know he went he that's went, very fff he too. went on, <laughs> he went on like that cia tour of the middle east in 2015 and as yep. detailed in the cult book and then came back and uh went to a jules holland concert because gapes loves the boogie woogie stylings of jules holland uh, and and <laughs> they've uh, both got no neck that's the, the common factor that's what he identified with him so much yeah and he had a big heart attack and it, mainly it's just like he talks about the doctor was just like you know uh, only a certain amount of people uh, make it as far as you have mike uh, and he's just like um <laughs> he's he's like you're very strong you know mike and mike's like i'm not strong and he's like yes you are mike you're the strongest man in the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so yeah that like seemed to take up most of the interview like it just took so long for him to just recount the story of his heart attack uh, but, but I, I hear he partially blames uh, the trolls and haters for it yeah he does he he digs out the i have been i had been uh fighting battles on twitter line <laughs> Um, yeah. but mostly yeah it was quite a brief interview like it was like 20 minutes and like 17 of those were him like what just talking health? about then I went to the doctors and it was like an episode of casualty and you know look <laughs> yeah. he, uh, but I, 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 I can get it right he, he has at least as a supporting factor in it like his, his, uh, his heart problem and his uh, he was in a coma I understand and he's like yes. this was partially because of the, the battles I was having with trolls online and then he's he's come out, he's recovered, and very shortly afterwards, for the next, what, four years, something like that, 
he just plunges straight back into it, if anything, getting more aggro with the trolls online. Yeah, he, you know? he says he's learned. He was doing it even like during his campaign as an independent. He was uh, <laughs> he, he was proper, like, trot off, you bastard, every he, day to people. He's like, he's hey, learned. Hey, if you've got a death wish, are you wanting to become like a, a martyr for centrism? He it's, is a, it's a shame Bronson in a way. kind of character, yeah, I agree. I, I think, like, he, he says he's learned that... Life is short, and every day is a bonus. And if he wanted to change politics, uh-huh. then uh, he wanted to do as much as he could in his time left on this earth. And, and what, um, what an impact he's had. <laughs> it's had a big impact on us, man. You can't yeah. deny that. Um, yeah, so I guess that's some news for today. Van Morrison, Mike Gapes. Now that's got... the main the main things that have happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the main yeah. shit. Now let's dedicate about a minute before we sign off to talking about these election results. Now, yep. now, nope. let, now we we might go for a, quite a bit, you know, because if, if we go like FFF's watching the damned United, that he might join us if uh, we go on long enough. So <laughs> okay, yeah, I, 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 I'm glad he's watching that because like a, a sort of david peace inspired um <laughs> game cast would be pretty good i think gapes in the world of football hooliganism yes gapes running with gapes running with the the notorious west ham firms of the the 70s and 80s <laughs> that that actually yeah that genuinely would be incredible they were mostly bald as well <laughs> wow <laughs> fuck that's a great idea speaking of bald uh, in the wake of uh, a little set of election results today, Mr. Sorry, Lord Andrew Adonis. That's he's a very important person, so you've got to listen to his opinion on this one. He has demanded Starmer's resignation, just as, in fact, he did uh, Jeremy Corbyn's resignation immediately after the 2017 yeah. election. Um, so he's got previous, but I think it's fair to say that these... Results. Uh, Starmer has bucked expectations in rather a different way to yeah. how Jeremy Corbyn did in 2017. For context here, at the time we're recording this, it's it's Friday night, so there's yeah. a, a lot of the local results are out. About half of them in England, about two thirds of the Welsh results, and about two thirds of the constituency results in the Scottish Parliament elections. We've still got a lot of results to come. We've still got the the London Mayor result to be announced. We've still got all the list seats up in Scotland to be announced. So it could very well get even worse from everything we're about to talk about. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say it. So Labour could still pull it back from the <laughs> They could yeah. still turn it around. Yes. <laughs> I, I, hello, I, I, I'm the Dark Prince. My name's Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Real Politics. This is now a fully unbridled melt podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the dark. Oh shit! Who is it that the Dark Prince reminds me? Look, he looks like. Is it Ron Ashton from the Stooges? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll get back to Probably you. Probably not so much now, but. <laughs> it's just uh, yeah. Well, it's 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 the hair, I think. But I, I obviously yeah. I'm one to talk about that. Um, but <laughs> you know, today has been quite a day. I've been kind of just soaking it up. Like I say, <laughs> I've yeah. been not celebrating these uh, not good results. 
Yeah, ter- terrible shame for Labour, and uh, there's no joy to be taken from this, and no gloating, nothing like that. Uh, there's, there's just nothing funny about it at all, and if you've laughed at any of the results, any of the humiliation of these sad bastard Labour right councillors getting humiliated <laughs> one by one, you, you're wrong, and you shouldn't do it. <laughs> Oh man, I thought I thought um, Rebecca Long Bailey was tweet tweeting something from Ilford Labour, but obviously it's Salford. I'm being a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, we've the Ilford Extended Universe has taken over your mind. You're seeing it when it's not there. <laughs> oh right, so Labour actually did quite well in Salford, isn't it? A quite left wing yeah. Labour council in Salford. Uh, I suppose in relative terms, yeah, yeah. It's not like a, a Preston situation or anything like that, but um yeah. I mean generally when, when, when the area is either more left wing in how it's run or if it's got like a, a more left wing figurehead, these are the places that actually seem to be holding up all right, you know, uh, in general. Um after, you know, literally after about Twenty hours of solid melting down from the the dark prince who we mentioned before. He then sent out a tweet like half hour ago or sort of an hour ago or so now uh, that just read simply like, "Hey, what is the Preston model?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like you know, <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. I don't know. I'm pretty tired as well, but pretty tired because just been partying on down, you know. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> Simon Hedges is rebranded as ordinary voter. Yes, with brilliant a, a work. He's, he's, he's jumping in all the like, you know. I, I'm just an ordinary voter, and I think Labour should should uh, should go further right and give Starmer more time and all. Yeah, this. yeah. He says. I'm just a ordinary regular voter, and I give Keir Starmer my full support. You're doing a great job. And he says that in response to polling for Channel News by JLP JL Partners polls, who always I've always been a big fan of them. Always yeah. had a lot of time for the JL yeah. Partners polls, boys. Yeah, uh, they're, they're this year's curiously. <laughs> they say that the top reason given for not voting Labour in elections in England yesterday was Sir Keir Starmer's leadership. Yes, yeah. And uh, is, is that the one where they, they published some excerpts of like what voters had to say about him as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, oh my God. One yeah. of, there's a, as well as literally about three quarters of them spelling his name K-I-E-R. Yeah. Uh, one of them's like Kira Starmer. I don't like <laughs> Kira Starmer. He's terrible. Yeah, they, no, they, spell, they spell like Kia Starmer and Corbyn like like 500 oh, different yeah, yeah. ways in the course of these different, yeah. these little things. But I mean, Corbyn's name doesn't come up that much. It comes no, up there's, there's one or times. two of them saying like, I didn't like Corbyn either or something like that. Yeah, you know? But all of them are saying that they don't like Starmer. None of them like Starmer, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just uh, looking at the polls. Uh, concerns about Starmer focus on him being weak, opportunistic, not standing for anything, and generally being a... No, uh, it actually says... 
well, no, that was it. It just ended on not yeah, that, standing that is, for anything, yeah. which sounds pretty, uh, pretty much right. I mean, let's have a look at them. Poor leadership and haven't been very vocal for the last year. Very uninspiring new leader. <laughs> what is the Labour Party at the moment? Keir Starmer, a rich lawyer, plus people I know nothing about. <laughs> Sorry, Annalise and Nick Thomas Simmons. Um, Keir Starmer is a dead loss, no get up and go, morbid and depressing. Labour MPs are the same, a totally depressing, morbid bunch in a depressing Labour Party. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> yes uh yeah there's one um spell i mean some of them are criticizing him for uh, criticizing the government too much so i mean i'll put some of them aside even though that one does misspell his name as kia with an i first uh sorry <laughs> spell it correctly kia spelled with an i before the e is not likable or trustworthy that's one uh they don't fight for the normal person, and I don't like Keir Starmer. <laughs> one of one, Keir is a puppet. Van Morrison wrote this one. <laughs> has no labour values and has not <laughs> has not contested for the people. I think yeah, okay, I get I get that. Um, <laughs> someone's complaining that uh, they had high hopes for Kia because they because he wasn't Corbyn, but there's too many reds still under the beds. So this is somebody with a kind of Blairite position, which I think we'll get into as an interesting thread on that about what he needs to do next. Um, then there's yep, yeah, can't stand Kia Astama. He's not good for the party. They need a new leader that got the country at heart. One that simply says, poor leader. One that says poor policies and a soft leader in Starmer. The leader has no charisma and no policies. Can't stand Keir Starmer and his tactics to try and bring Boris down as opposed to looking into policies. Uh, so that's one of the ones who's unhappy with him for criticising the government too much. Um, and then there's one that says, My opinion of the Labour Party has gone down since Corben and Abbott. They were both incompetent, and I feel that Keir has focused too much on Boris's wallpaper instead of more important issues. Well, that last bit is, is fair enough, but yeah, I obviously don't agree with their assessment of Abbott and Corben. But uh... <laughs> Corben must resign. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just a sample of uh, some some of these uh, takes from ordinary people, um, or perhaps not ordinary people, you know, because we've seen what the ordinary person is saying, the, the ordinary man on the street. The man on the street, yeah. Uh, the perfectly normal man. Only 1% of voters in the local elections for Labour said that they voted because they like Keir Starmer. Now, a lot of people dislike Jeremy Corbyn, I won't deny that, but at the same time, a lot of people really liked him and were drawn yeah. to the party because of him. Now, that, yes. as we will get into, is is the problem uh, in the eyes of a lot of his critics, but nonetheless, you can't deny that as well as uh, Corbyn repelling certain people, he certainly attracted many. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, Starmer's uh, animal magnetism doesn't <laughs> quite seem to be doing. Surprising, though, isn't it? Um, yeah, but uh, 
we're obviously going to hear a lot as usual about the the character of, of Starmer and is he inspiring and blah blah blah. What does he need to do and so on? But mm. the fact is, like the thing with Corbin is like, as you say, he was quite divisive. Some people really liked him. Some people absolutely despised him. But he got a bunch of policies on the table that wouldn't plausibly have happened against any of the people that ran against him in in 2015 or 16. Mm. And and a lot of those proved popular even with some people that maybe weren't sold on, on Corbyn the man. Um, Starmer, by comparison, has basically decided to, to ditch concrete policies entirely. Mm-hmm. So even if people had really liked Starmer and responded to him and found him charismatic, are they all going to vote for him? Are they actually going to make the step of like campaigning for him rather than putting the X in the box for him? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what, what's there lot... to get enthusiastic about, about the, the <laughs> Labour Party that put themselves forward yesterday? Yeah, what a surprise that a lot of the people who really like his policy of being really against the left aren't naturally inclined to vote Labour, and his strategy hasn't done enough to incline them in such a way. Another little bit of polling here. I mean, some people, they replied to me um, questioning these findings, which I uh, tactically ignored because, uh, no, it was all (laughs) Keith's fault. And I trust uh, the the 17-year-old or whatever who has uh, been able to game the Twitter algorithms into becoming one of the biggest accounts in UK politics. So politics for all, comrade politics for all, tweeted new new voting intention among healthcare workers. Conservatives, 42%. And Labour... 32%, 32%, and that's via Nursing Notes UK. I've always had a lot of time for the Nursing Notes UK boys. Yep. And, yep. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's pretty astonishing, like, that there is any poll that could be produced that shows not just the Labour Party's support being hemorrhaged, but it just switching over to the Conservative Party among healthcare professionals. Uh, <laughs> that's really remarkable because uh, it, they follow this politics for all, with uh, another tweet saying that in the 2019 general election, again via Nursing Notes UK, um, Labour won 82% of healthcare workers versus 6% who voted Conservative. Yeah, yeah. I mean, One of the, the craziest turnarounds I've ever seen in a short space of time, uh, <laughs> in the context as well of, of what the experience of healthcare workers has been in in that couple of years you know i mean um, y- yeah you I can't just can... say it's because the government have had a successful re- uh, response to the pandemic because no. whilst it has been successful in terms of uh, the vaccine program recently a lot of it the time before that it wasn't necessarily every so other successful. major part of their response has been as botched as botched can be they fucked everything up until the, until the, the vaccination stage um yeah you go, you go. I, I don't think that the, the, the healthcare um community is as consistently instinctively left-wing as they're often framed as uh anecdotally uh having spoken to some people that work in there um but the, i think it's fair to say that the decision to like 
oh, we support a pay rise, but actually only 2.5% because that's just being sensible and it's a little bit more than the Tories offer, so they'll all vote for us anyway. Incredible. That's probably yeah. cost them tens of thousands of votes given the, the size of the NHS as an employer in the UK and just what an absolute spit in the face it, it is. Um, they've obviously changed that position recently to, uh, we'll, we'll start at 2.5% and negotiate upwards. Like, sorry, who are you negotiating with here? In this yeah. position, you're in government. Like, Such what? a joke. It just appeals to that. The whole, like, Starmer thing, you know, just appeals to people who you're see saying, themselves, like, in a fucking boardroom with yeah. big swinging dicks talking it out, it's, you know, hammering it's, it's, out a deal. It's a demonstration of workplace shit. power politics for no reason. Yeah, People famously it, love having to fight with their boss for any concession. That's, that's a thing sucks. everyone enjoys in every job. What uh, is it like, for... So, it's literally saying, look, we think you deserve a pay rise of some unspecified amount for more than 2.5, but we're not going to give you it. Uh, aren't nurses saying they want like 12.5 something? Yeah. It's it, literally like... They've, yeah. they've obviously got a figure they think they deserve uh, in, in, in Stammer's leadership, if they think that's seven percent or whatever, why not say seven percent? And maybe a lot of them will think, well, that's still a, a, a pay rise more than is being offered. You know, we'll start from two point five percent. You've got to beg for anything up from there, which might be three percent, might be ten percent. What yeah, the fuck, well, you know, it's like... you know, it might offend uh, the current party <laughs> leadership's numerous friends in the private healthcare sector. You know, <laughs> that half of Tony Blair's cabinet. Uh, probably some of the people advising Keir right now went on <laughs> to rake it in big in private health care. Yes. Um, but yeah, you know, it's not it's not just going to be because like so many people are magically Tories now all of a sudden. You know, it's going <laughs> to it's got to be that like people are seriously unhappy with Keir Starmer. <laughs> well, all of a sudden... We, we... It's bizarre because it's been the case for over a year and we're just suddenly seeing it discussed today for the first time. People yeah. don't like, they don't know what the Labour Party stand for and don't feel they have any policies. Yeah. Who should have seen that come in? You know, uh, they, they shortly after he won the actual leadership, you know, um, he started seeming to row back on things like the Green policy and things like that. And when challenged, he's like, we don't feel the need to have a firm policy on it yet. That's something we'll introduce when there's a next general election. Yeah. So what, you're going you're to sit for four years with no policy on this big issue, this big issue, this big issue. Like, how? How is that possibly going to play well with anyone other than, like, political sketch writers and lobby nerds, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, people you can definitely trust who haven't who spent, spent think... the last two days yeah. shitting on you because you're obviously shit. You, these people, yeah. like, you're like, oh, you know, these just, like befriend the face-eating jackals you know it's that thing <laughs> i think like, i said this on a previous episode but like these people don't give a fuck and he's just catered his entire fucking leadership to like appeasing them and i i think like the question is are any newspaper columnists gonna come out and say keir starmer has potentially spent too much time and energy trying to appeal to newspaper columnists will any probably... have the courage to do so Probably two thirds of those newspaper columnists, and, and certainly the organs they write for, um, that have been pushing this line, Labour should do, Labour should do, that, that Starmer and his advisors have followed almost to the letter, they don't actually want Labour to fucking win. No. They, they want Labour to tank. And, uh, you know, I think some of them are, probably think their advice is good advice because they're just idiots. But 
there's there's absolutely an element of bad faith in it with, with some of the the smarter ones in that they're they're setting traps for the Labour Party and then this fucking idiots blundering into every single one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so obviously the big news earlier today was that Labour have definitively lost the seat of Hartlepool. I mean, yeah. And, and it wasn't even close. Like I think we all had a, a sense that it was likely to happen first when the election was called, and secondly when they selected Saudi Paul as their candidate. Uh, selected <laughs> uh, basically for, for the, both the fact that he was a candidate and the way they went about a long list of one for fuck's sake, you know. Yeah. Um, so we, th- I thought at that point they'd lose it, and I think that's been pretty common uh, view on the left, but. They got fucking hammered. The the I mean, vote due to slightly due to reduced turnout and enthusiasm and, and slightly due to a, a big swing. Yeah, we, the, we it, I roughly, think roughly reg- half of what it was in, in twenty nineteen. The reduced the, turnout is Keir's fault. Yeah, we can attribute the reduced turnout to to Starmer. Yeah. So I oh, so when no people are like, there's Oh, no you gotta take that into account, I'm like, Yeah, I do, and it's his fault. It's yeah. <laughs> it's Keir's, so stop stop having a go at me. It's all his fault. Okay. Let's talk again, and again, this came out the the day, the, the voting day, basically. Um, actually, there's been a lot of internal unrest. Like, should they? Because obviously, Labour as the incumbents had a lot of control over when this by election happened, and there's a lot within the party feel it was a mistake to call it on the same day as uh, as as the council elections. Um, basically, on on the basis that it means. When there's other contests going on that people will want to vote for the Tories in or right-wing parties in, those voters mm. are already out and they're definitely going to be casting their, their votes against Labour's guy. Um, and it apparently comes down to like just a huge funding crisis and, and, and budgetary crisis in the party. They've got no money yeah. left. Uh, and and um, you know it's seen as a big strategical error. But then, although that makes sense, like at the same time, you, you're admitting there that you're... The, the, the wiser strategy to use would have been to intentionally set it for a few weeks from now, a few weeks ago, uh, in the hope of a lower turnout. If mm. your strategy to win elections is get more of the hated voters to stay at home, you've also got a fucking intrinsic problem, you know? Yeah. If you yeah, can't yeah, yeah. even get people who would vote in a general election steadily... Uh, see as a good thing to get them out. Uh, how, how can you possibly be hoping to like win over people who don't vote, um, get out extra younger voters, which you think would naturally advantage the Labour Party, for example, or people who've been previously politically disengaged? You know, getting them to vote against the government. There should be plenty of ways to to go about doing that, and they're doing the fucking opposite. They're like, no, no, it's it's good that they're disengaged. We we only want like, uh, you know. Basically, people who fucking read the broadsheets and uh, and watch the BBC Parliament channel to come out, they'll obviously place a vote for for Keir Starmer's Labour Party because he's so damn forensic. Yeah. <laughs> fucking what 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 good do they think is going to come of this? Like any of the the choices they could make there, really. I mean, it, it's pretty incredible, like that they just picked this guy completely imposed him on this seat when he's like is he from a neighboring constituency is that what he he represented uh, up until 2019 um but yeah i mean they just got this guy for a 70% leave voting seat who 
is a hardcore quote-unquote yep. people's vote supporting Remainer, an unreconstructed Blairite parading around his mate Peter fucking Mandelson. <laughs> Uh, some guy who went off on one of those all-expenses-paid jollies to Saudi Arabia. Was Mike Gapes on the trip? Do you know? Was Was Gapes there? I don't know. I don't think it was the same trip, was it? The um... one, but one with that funny pic of Gapes of the, the, the flat cap on standing in front of, like, the oil refinery or some, some shit. Uh, anyway, yeah, just, like, a, yeah, a disgusting, like, Saudi apologist pig like uh, <laughs> this appalling guy uh they just stuck this guy in the most like underhand undemocratic fashion in this seat and we're just like yeah like it or lump it and then it turns out that despite having the right politics you know in the eyes of the leadership he is just absolutely useless at communicating with people you know uh maybe maybe when he was first elected to parliament in 2019 uh the corbyn surge may have played some part in that uh because i don't know if any of you guys have seen owen jones's hartlepool video but i mean uh paul Williams did not come across as a, a you know a charismatic um a substantive candidate in that in the slightest uh, and um yeah like it's ab- the result was absolutely miserable wasn't it do you i mean have you got the uh the full result yeah the 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 Hartlepool one we still yeah on? yeah one second i'll get the figures up um um yeah, yeah, so so guy's completely inept. Yeah, I mean, so, so this is the actual result, right? Um, the Conservative candidate got fifteen and a half thousand votes, which was just under fifty-two percent of the vote, a plus mm. twenty-three uh, increase on twenty nineteen. Uh, Labour Labour poll got eight thousand five hundred eighty-nine votes, twenty-eight point seven percent minus nine percent. So it's a 32% swing, essentially. To, no, sorry, it was, it's a 16% swing, essentially, to to, to the, the Conservatives. But that's just... Jesus. You know, it's the, the biggest government majority uh, ever in... Um, you know, the, the, biggest, the biggest turnaround in a, in a by-election from a... Uh, you know, a, a government candidate, essentially... During that country's government, and it's, it's it's almost twice the the previous record. Like, you well, know, pe- people were calling funny. for Corbyn to resign when he lost uh, his party lost a, a by election with uh, like six point five percent majority to the to the new uh, incumbent, whereas this was twenty three point two percent. You know, it's, See, it's, I'm it's... sure Keir Starmer will pull it out of the bag like Corbyn did, like a month after that by election. I'm sure he'll do that. You know, he's got it in him. Um, like, yeah, no. The, the, uh, the funniest thing about uh, this by election is the way that Starmer cho- chose to, uh, you know, he defend it. Basically, he packed Jim McMahon out into the media. 
uh, to basically, yeah. you know, be the, the designated sacrificial lamb to take all the shit and repeat the same lines over and over again about how <sighs> Labour had earned the right to be heard, which they didn't have before. They weren't a legitimate part of a democracy, you know, Times editorial said so. And yeah. he was just on there. And, you know, regardless of whatever fucking shite he was saying, like, what was hilarious to me was that they just stuck this guy up who whose very presence just was like just reminded you oh yeah labor could win by elections under jeremy corbyn because uh i i forget which mp was he in um michael meacher's old seat and then michael meacher Might died have been, yeah. and then yeah no he wasn't ha- it wasn't harry harpham's seat because harry harpham's wife uh jill furness took over in that one but um but it yeah i think it was meacher because uh, there were a couple of MPs. Yes, it, died, it was. It was. On. Yeah, it was yeah. December 2015, so quite early in in Corbyn's uh, era. Yeah, and so there was obviously the symbolic thing of, uh, you know, they they were sending out this guy who uh, had been Corbyn's first major electoral test, just yeah. as uh, this had been Starmer's. <laughs> and- <laughs> fucking thing is that Corbyn passed it Jim McMahon was elected I'm pretty sure yeah. did at the next election his majority go up I'm, I, I'm not sure in, in 2017 but he was elected anyway and uh, he yeah he's just up there you know he may he may even um have so uh, he, he, he increased the vote in the by-election um I'm just trying to find the, the 2017 <laughs> yeah. results. I forgot um, that detail as well. That not only did not only did he win it, but he increased the vote because everyone was like, "Labour's going to lose it to UKIP or whatever." UKIP was was still a, a big deal back then, you know. Yeah, yeah. He then he then gained another 10 percent uh, on his vote share. Well, three three percent on his vote share, 10 percent increase in his votes in 2017. Um, yeah, and then then he lost most of that in 2019 but was still ahead of his 2015 result which again had been a big increase on the 2010 result mm, you know he's he still and... got um you know an, an extra uh much much higher than uh than 2005 2010 uh 2001 there'd been a, a dip in a big dip um they hadn't really done well since 1997 in, in yeah terms of... so so he's still an mp and uh, yeah. Paul Williams isn't. And uh, <laughs> both of them uh, arguably won their seats or increased mm. their vote uh, in the case of Jim McMahon, mm. thanks to Jeremy Corbyn. I think certainly and... that 2017 one. Yeah, the, the yeah, high and the 2017 bar. one. Yeah. But, you know, Paul Williams... Which is okay, the, you... the highest that there has ever been in that constituency because the constituency has only existed since 1997. Yeah, so, you could say, okay, in 2019, yeah. Paul Williams lost his seat because of Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. However, in 2017, he won his seat because of Jeremy Corbyn. And he spent he spent for two years until then, uh, between then, pissing about with second referendum bullshit, which nobody wanted. And maybe he should have supported Jeremy Corbyn and tried to increase his own majority. But, oh, that is too difficult. Uh, anyway... Now this party's stuck with a loser as their leader. It's very sad, very tragic. Yeah. I'm not at all happy. Not, I'm not happy. I haven't celebrated any anything that's happened today. No, there's just nothing funny about any of it. No, it's... Um, 
you know, just, just, it's just sad, just sad, 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 and tragic. Very, very sad. So there's been a lot of people saying, uh, figures in the media from the left have been saying, including Diane Abbott and Jeremy Corbyn, Len McCluskey, that Starman needs to reconsider his, yeah. um, you know, his direction that he's going in, his whole strategy, and um, you know that that's obviously a compelling argument for for some of us, but there's this guy. Ed Owen. I've I've never heard of this guy. He's uh, ex Home Office, HM Courts and Tribunal Service, um, Foreign Office, um, and uh, Sportsman City. Uh, well, anyway, he's got a very kind of like retired general look, <laughs> uh, very square face. He's got his jaw gritted. Um, as if he is trying to keep a straight face, but the wind is attacking it um, in his picture. And, um, you know, this is a thread that was shared by uh, Paul War, not Paul Woff. War as in... The what is thing he good for? Absolutely nothing. Mike, yeah, as in the thing that Mike Gapes likes. Yeah. And um, I... I hit the wrong thing and I lost the thread <laughs> it's going well it's going well uh, right um, what, what, what are you getting your, your train he's of thought he's called Ed something this guy right. Ed fucking hell oh. where's it gone <laughs> I hate how you can't search twitter dms like, yes I know I know. it would be dangerous it would be absolutely dangerous if you could mind you hit Control F and it's just like nothing. Twitter would just become about ninety nine percent this you tweets if if you could search DMs. I think. <laughs> well, I'm not saying you should let other people no, search I, our DMs. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I mean like, no, I, I mean like, if you were able to look at like who the group DM was dunking on back in 2018 or something, like it'd basically be a ready made database of of dunking, and that that's yeah. maybe maybe too powerful for any one person to have <laughs> okay well i found it now anyway Good. uh paul war said that former new labor special advisor this guy is saying publicly what several moderates in the party have told me privately so uh have you got this one not yet no no uh, what... uh ed owen is is his name right okay for fuck's yeah. sake There you go. Is it... so oh, is, he... this, is this Ed Owen with the, the ridiculous Labour centrist head? Yeah, yes, that's what I was... Yes. Yeah, 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 okay. Starts with long thread alert. That's not a good sign. Um... Yeah, well, it's like when there was that uh, old Eddie Martin tweet that started oh with hashtags, hashtag racial stereotypes. <laughs> oh, this fucking guy, man. It's, I'm getting a big Nick Clegg vibe off this. I mean, his, his first tweet... For Keir Starmer to set UK Labour back on a path towards being a party of government again, he must ditch his commitment to unite the party. He must now set on a deliberate and muscular attempt to divide it. Oh, muscular. They love, they so love muscular. the word muscular. Oh, 
muscular foreign policy, yeah. muscular party management, muscular penises. For ten, for ten years, so we're, we're talking here back to, to uh, Ed Miliband here, they've, uh, <laughs> they've remembered he was bad again from the Labour right oh, I'd go further back. For me, it's, uh, you know, 13, 14 years. 14 years of sorrow, 14 the hated, years the of hated pain. Harold, Harold Wilson ruined everything. <laughs> 14 ways. years that are gone forever and will never have again. Those are Guns and Roses lyrics. I don't know. <laughs> Comrade Axel, right, thanks for that. <laughs> for 10 years, the Labour Party has allowed, encouraged even, an abundance of malcontents, idealists and refuseniks <laughs> to inhabit it. Yeah, and what? <laughs> like, these hammer of the left freaks love calling people blank nicks. You know, like, yeah. peace nicks, whatever. Yeah. Is it because it sounds Russian? Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> Trots. Um... Trot nicks. Yeah, either that or they played play too much Sonic the Hedgehog as kids, and they just really like don't like Dr. Robotnik. Ah, I, I, I get it. <laughs> Sonic... <laughs> Sonic has Nick in it. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so oh, membership has soared, but its effect has been to weaken its core democratic purpose to secure wider support and win power. This is why I was saying, like, when there was any kind of, like, benefit to the Labour Party of, like, having loads of members who could, like, campaign for it and keep it financially sustained, uh, they were like, well, no, that's not a benefit because Jeremy Corbyn is benefiting from it, actually. So <laughs> having no members and no money is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um... Well, we're going to learn that very quickly, if that's true or not, because it seems like they're financially fucked. They're, they've alienated the the membership, the small donors, this sort of thing. And um, I mean, like their, to their, compens- pitch, their pitch to the big donors has, has, has got nowhere. So they're... they would have to become so slavishly pro-capitalist. Mm. Uh, I can't even comprehend how pro-capitalist that would be yes. for them. For them to make enough money to compensate for not having a steady stream of, of they'd, they'd have to go beyond Blair donations. to actually yeah. <laughs> convince people that they were like Blair. They, like... they would have to invite Chris Leslie back into the party. It was mm. like he's like his like economic policy is like some Ayn Rand shit, you know? He's like yeah. <laughs> as right wing as you can get on the economy. They would I mean, have, they'd have of... to get him in. Uh, a lot of Blair's success in getting donors uh, from from big business and, and very wealthy individuals was because the Tories were absolutely fucked and farcically bad at that point. You yeah, know? yeah. It was so obvious that Labour were going to come to power, bar- barring uh, some huge scandal or fuck up, that they were doing what like rich Americans and American firms do, whereby they donate to both parties or they donate to the Democrats when when it's obvious that Democrat uh, candidate's going to win. To have some influence on them, you know, uh, and try and hope it's not it's not too bad for them in, in in big business. That's not the case now. The Tory party is as strong as it's been in decades. So these yeah. people are just going to donate to the party that can actually do things in government and have already the the mechanisms in place to to make life easier for them. <laughs> like Labour fundamental strategy. misunderstanding of like really, really, really the most basic class politics of all. 
Stormer's strategy is wild, man, because everyone, like, you know, his fucking melts took the piss out of Corbyn for, like, trying to get non-voters to vote. But, yeah. like, Stormer's whole thing is that he wants to win over so many voters who don't typically vote for the Labour Party, uh, mainly from the Tories, that uh, he can make up for, like, the massive swathe of the <sighs> left of centre parties of this country's voters who are left wing <laughs> like he's and he's not, like not even just them but also like specific sections of, of their vote in terms of like young people or uh healthcare workers you know yeah yeah um, yeah they're not all hard left they're not all trotskyite labor members and so on um a lot of them would simply vote labor or be open to voting labor because uh, Labour's policies are, uh, align with their needs a bit better than the Tory ones, and he's happy to, to ditch them all to 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 get this mythical large block of centre right voters who wouldn't vote Labour under uh, the quite centre right in practice Ed Miliband leadership and the very centre right Gordon Brown leadership. Like, yeah. what? Where? It How? It's wild, and that's the thing. Like, their politics is always just like, let's move to the right then they lose, then their solution is just to move further to the right. It's just a, a constant thing of fighting and fighting an election on the right, and then when it all goes tits up, just thinking, ah, oh, what do we do? Well, we got to be right-wing. Here's the thing. That's basically what Scottish Labour have done for almost 20 years now, with a, a slight, more a stall than a reverse of it during the, the Leonard years. Um, mm. And how... What's happened there? You know, oh, the the voters will get it eventually. No, they they keep not getting it. Late uh, <laughs> Labour, it looks like they've they've pretty much evened out in in Scotland. Is the is the early indications from from this particular set of elections? But uh, a lot of that, where they're seeing small gains here and there, and and, and avoiding big losses, is because there's a lot of tactical voting going on against independents. They're they're gaining two percent, four percent in this seat and this seat, and it's coming direct from the Tories. You know, mm, and it's so, just not so, getting them any seats. So, is that why I'm seeing people saying that Labour might pursue a lot more kind of better together politics in Scotland in the future? Well, how can they? And... How can they embrace it more? They was that, that's part of what caused their final wipeout. Although the, the damage was already done, a lot of people talk about that being their only mistake. And you know, all the fucking sort of Miles Pardonator saying like, "Oh, Labour bravely sacrificed itself in Scotland to uh, to preserve the union," but they were basically <laughs> fucked anyway. And if they hadn't gone, wait, he's in... a different guy to the Dark Prince. Isn't oh yeah, yeah, he's like <laughs> that's say, it, man. Say show like show these fucking Prince. children he is, what's he not, what. He is not repeatedly defended celebrity uh, paedophiles neither has he called for genocide against the the Russian and Chinese public <laughs> yeah uh, for, the for kids are not alright trade, um, <laughs> trade interests we need a humanitarian intervention <laughs> against the, the centrist youth of Great Britain <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> So should we return to like obviously we established a lot of uh, a lot still needs to be done to win back trust for the Labour Party, but should we um, follow Ed o return to Ed Owen's prescriptions for it? Yeah, just very briefly before we do that, just because we've sort of touched on Scotland there. While we've been recording here, some more of the Welsh results have come in, and they're actually not bad for for Labour at all. And um, 
Mr. Drakeford in particular has actually increased his majority by like 10,000. Now, Welsh Labour are not particularly good. Um, It's kind of a a Scottish Labour under Leonard situation where although they've got a left leader, he's not um, got enough of a power base around him to to make it like a, a proper left um party but mm. you know you're seeing suddenly again it's one of those things that's been the case probably for a while and uh you're only allowed to uh, talk about it if you're a journalist now the results have actually come out uh sam coates from from sky you know one of one of their was their deputy political wanker. editor uh, yeah wanker. the wales result complicates keir starmer's fight back it makes clear the Labour brand isn't as fundamentally damaged as allies of Keir Starmer have been claiming all day. Oh. Other Labour leaders are able to put on votes, apparently in spite of the previous leader. Oh, in spite... I was going to say, ah, oh, my correction, I actually think Sam Coates is a great guy. And then he says, in spite of the previous leader. Fuck off, yeah. you prick. I mean, there's a stupid dig at the end, but before that, it's, it's obviously factual, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, facts. Fact if people, if people just a lie and a smear at the end. If people interpret Labour as as, um, as doing well, and I think in this case it's likely to be a vaccine a vaccine bounce uh, with, with uh, Welsh Labour being in power there. Again, they're not particularly good, um, but people will turn out and vote for them, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, it's always the case they they get uh, predicted for huge losses and and, and manage to, to hold it together at the end. Um, but according to Starmer, well, there was there was one tweet um, last night where a labour it was from a labour source, so I don't know who and how to what extent they were taking the piss. But it's like was it um, the one about piss? Was it was it, like, the, it was it was the one party. about piss. It was the, the one about party. piss. I'm trying to get it exactly here because the labour party is a bath full of piss and. You sometimes you've got to drink the piss, yeah. and it's so, good for you to drink piss, yeah. and that's Keir Starmer's leadership. It's piss yeah. that you drink. So, Liz Bates, the political correspondent at Channel Four News, uh, Labour source: Just because we have stopped pissing in the bath doesn't mean people want to jump in with us straight away. We're just sitting here in the piss for a good few years, and eventually. That will become fine, and people will realise it's fine and want to join us in a crowded bar full of piss. That's that's really Starmerism in a. Uh, it's probably just a very drunk Neil Coyle or something. Drink just, the piss. Just, just like getting confused and and sort of not realising whether he wants to text his uh, political insight or his sexual fantasies to uh, to the the, the the journalists in his in his phone book. Yeah, I, I think that if Keir Starmer loses the next set of whatever kind of elections, that senior Labour source should drink the piss live on television. Uh, yeah. Should, should we return to what Ed Owen is saying here? Probably, yeah. Uh, yeah. The relationship between the party membership and wider public is complex. There was a naive view after 2010 that expanding membership was a crucial, crucial bridge end to engaging the wider public. But the reverse is true. Uh, the party has for many become an, become an escape 
from a t- the Labour Party is an escape, you know, it's just this chill, yeah. carefree zone. That <laughs> from the tough reality of electoral politics, yeah. When I get fed up with electoral politics, I go straight on down to my, my, the first CLP meeting that's going. Love, <laughs> yeah. love a bit of that for a laugh, you know. You don't have constant people just posting, oh my God, this party, you know, this wild party that I obviously love and want a job as a special advisor in. What is it like, this crazy party? that I spend all my days writing stupid strategic columns. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... Of course, the Labour Party's so chill that you never have people performatively expressing exasperation with it, regardless of who the leader is. You know, the Labour Party is fun and good for your mental health. (laughs) And, um... Yeah, the the good Labour Party that everyone enjoys, uh, regardless of where they are in the Labour Party, it's just good vibes going along and getting involved. Yeah. Exactly. So you just got like vibes bad, okay? He's like, we don't. I don't like vibes. Vibes are not cool. We need a vibeless politics because all you guys do is you despise the Tories, sneer at our country's flag, and here's that classic like racist centrist shit, and pontificate about Palestine and Venezuela. It's like, of course, it's okay when like Mike Gapes pontificates yeah. about Venezuela because he's saying Mike Pompeo. I- should do a Venezuela. Yeah, exactly. He's saying it's like full of trots. It would be the humanitarian <laughs> position to nuke the Venezuelan trots. Uh, but like when anyone on the left is like, actually, Mike Pompeo shouldn't nuke the Venezuelan trots. That's uh, us pontificating, whatever. And the Palestine again, the Palestine thing is like. <laughs> you know, like, Labour Friends of Israel is uh, an organisation for MPs, but I bet whatever this, whatever MP this guy served as a uh, special advisor for in the Blair government was a member of Labour Friends of Israel. So again, it's like, you can pontificate about Palestine as, mm. lo- as long as you're just being like, well, you know, yeah. they, they do something. They, they throw rocks at us. <laughs> that the makes imp- it fine to kill their children. They throw the improvised explosive devices, but just like that scene in MacGruber where he makes like the MacGyver style fucking uh, like DIY bomb, and it just fizzles. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, uh, and then he has to distract them by putting the celery up his ass. Um, and then like you've got this asshole continuing. In recent months, I have joined a few meetings of my local West London constituency Labour Party. The discussions are from a different planet. In February, a committed Marxist revolutionary activist, like somebody uh, in the Labour Party, like, I mean, you know, I'm sure there are people in the Labour Party who identify um, as Marxist revolutionaries, but like by committing to... Uh, you know, rev- there's a lot of definitions of revolution, and yeah. it seems like this person has would have found a way to uh, view an engagement with electoral politics as uh, an expression of revolutionary politics, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but anyway, this committed Marxist revolutionary activist secured more votes to be delicate, delegate rather at the LP's annual conference than anyone else like that is how elections work the the winner has more votes than anyone else and yeah that's uh again just like right we we can't have democracy because the wrong people win so 
Yeah. Kia, Kia's pitch for Unity 12 months ago, I mean... Like, by the time you'd won the leadership, there was no pitch for Unity, let's face it. Like, we're, we're talking maybe uh, fucking December December 2019 was the, the last plausible pitch for Unity. Yeah, well... Um, January 2020, maybe. W- whenever he's fucking suspended Corbyn, really. But, like, yeah, Piers' pitch for Unity 12 months ago helped... In- Actually, no, before that, RRB and shit. Piers... Kia's pitch... For Un- Kira's pitch for Unity 12 months ago helped ensure he won support from some Corbynites and no doubt was based on a calculation that after more than a decade out of power, the party would rally around e- anything that made us more electable. But like, he doesn't... What about the calculation that the party would also rally around something that was broadly Corbynite in policy? That's the other part of the equation. Yeah, yeah they yeah. did want electability, but they thought that they were getting it with, uh, yeah, as you say, the various Corbyn pitch. policies that poll like 65, 70, 90, 85% support from the public. The wrong know? people. The wrong public, okay? Yeah. Not the silent majority. <laughs> but this unity, however well, well-intentioned, means that the party continues... I mean, he says this unity. He's like, Keir's pitch for unity 12 months ago. That was when it was. It hasn't... <laughs> the pitch for unity hasn't existed since, like, 12 months ago. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this unity, however well-intentioned, means that the party continues to provide a comfortable home for people and and ideas that are inconsistent with the task of seeking to become a party of government. It really has not been a comfortable home. But, like, you know, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt, like, say, as someone whose views are inconsistent with the task of seeking to become a party of, a, of government, I can confirm that it has not been a comfortable home in the Labour Party uh, for the last, like, 12 months of blissful fucking unity. He continues, This has to change, and the public must see it has changed if they are to allow us once more to form a government. After all, we created this mess. We now need to show we are clearing, cleaning it up. Yes, then... the piss in the bath is not going to tie it clean itself. So what 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 team we created this mess like the like, Labour Party created this mess by like, like forcing ha- Blair to resign for that trot Gordon Brown. Yeah, the the Labour Party created this mess presumably by losing several general elections in a row, um, which yeah, was, only one which was the only one of those that that actually had any positive momentum to it and came quite close to winning, like. Surely we should learn from from that, and that would be an important uh, step towards cleaning it up in this analogy. Yeah. He continues, Kia's determination to root out anti-Semites was long overdue, but the bigger, more difficult task is to find an excuse to purge the left other than anti-Semitism. <laughs> no, he actually says, is to root out those who block and obstruct what Labour needs to do to offer a genuine electoral alternative in the future too. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's just, we need yeah, to find left, pretext basically. to get rid of left-wing people. Yeah. Yeah. This is a huge and involves that is what he says this is a huge and involves policy process and cultural change this means being ruthless 
about getting the party back into some shape to win in, in, elections. Into some off shape to, to win <laughs> some... elections. Oh, right, yeah, okay, he was, like, getting really hit up by this point. Yeah. And that means being ruthless about uh, getting the party back into shape to win elections just means, like, appointing people like Paul Williams yeah. to, like, every seat in the country, even if that means losing half its membership. Look, he means Persian <laughs> momentum. He probably means, like, Persian fucking... Uh whatever the sort of compass yeah, com- <laughs> yeah, yeah compass is what i was thinking like, of yeah the one person like neil lawson the only person in compass like clive lewis is like, yeah. like sort of in compass persian persian like members like john harris for their dangerous left-wing views that they express <laughs> sort of thing yeah. Did you see the Noel Gallagher interview about John Harris? Yes. Started. He's a cunt. Yeah. The rest of it was pretty good too. It was like yeah. John Harris never got invited round my house in the nineties. He wished he was. Yeah, he was very bitter <laughs> like, about that. No one I knew in the nineties hung out with John Harris. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so Ed Owen, having said that Labour, which I already reckon has lost quite a lot of members uh, since the leadership election, mm-hmm. uh, should should lose half its fucking membership. He then says it will require tough and determined leadership with Keir willing to face down and take on those in the PLP and trade unions who are the cheerleaders for the rotten culture in the party. It will be uncomfortable and messy. It will dominate the airwaves in newspaper columns. (laughs) I mean, yeah, like, of course, just more war by media is just what the Labour Party needs. Like, yeah, that's going to, like, get them back on the road to recovery. Uh, But if he fails to do so, I fear that not only will his leadership be doomed, but the Labour Party itself will cease ever again to be a viable electoral force. Ends. Ends. That's just, that's actually just him shouting out the ends. I love the way, like, Twitter, obviously, the algorithm tends to, I think, prioritize if it's got lots of replies it tends to prioritize ones from like people you follow or people you've interacted with but i just love mm. reading that ridiculous rant and then the first reply is like friend of the show trizzy gillespie going ha 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 you mad bastard <laughs> 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 yeah yeah in true, fact it's true. just all our, all our mates saying like fuck off bald join the tories shut yeah, up yeah bald know? i reckon this guy he doesn't look bald in his profile picture but i reckon no, actually he's co- spiritually he's co- bald. He's combed his hair over to hide oh, yeah, that yeah. he's he's uh, balding. I he's he's balding, but yeah, balding, you know, yeah. not necessarily more than bald. you'd expect for his age. He, he, he just he looks very much bald. like a sort of um, just one of these people that either has like minor shadow cabinet positions forever and then turned, is revealed 20 years later to have been in MI5 the whole time or something, you know? <laughs> I'm going to have cut in that clip of fucking uh, Roger Ebert saying uh, Gene Siskel's chatting some shite and Roger Ebert's just like, bald, bald, well, well, bald! Yeah, so, so this guy, yeah, uh, I'm looking at his, uh, all his sort of former employers in his... Um, He's obviously worked for the Foreign Office and the UK Home Office, but the Foreign Office account he links to, which seems to be the official one, is locked and has no following and no followers. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm trying to get That's across that spooky. authentic Foreign Office gonna, shadiness. I, I, yeah. 
a follow a follow request has been sent to at foreign office and is pending <laughs> their approval. <laughs> Congratulations on your recruitment, Jack. <laughs> oh, did, man. Speaking of baldness, did you see that Brian Eno is doing like a, a like a, not a panel but yes. like an in yeah. conversation event on baldness with like some other bald guy? <laughs> it's like we're we're all so lost since the yeah. end of Corbynism. <laughs> like <laughs> Brian Eno is just like maybe i need to uh, look into my look into the reflect the shiny reflective surface of my own bald head and yeah. find the answers there um, See, some, someone okay, someone linked an old clip of like siskel and ebert the the old uh, movie critics and uh, siskel takes some dig at ebert on a talk show like just a sort of matey wind up thing and, yeah uh, ebert just replies like you're bald that's what i was saying a second ago yeah we need to put that clip in yes bald hey it'll be a, a grand gala and congratulations and oh, grand uh, and gala are you kidding me the caterers are saying it's going to be operation dessert storm <laughs> <laughs> that seems unnecessarily nasty you laugh <laughs> well bald, Bald. No, what was I gonna search? Uh, oh yeah, okay. So, so like in terms of putting like fucking Ed Bald's uh, fucking thread into action, um, what people are suggesting, like the usual shady anonymous sources, seems to be that Keir Starmer needs to wield a shadow cabinet reshuffle. That's in the words of the Daily Mirror. I'll click that, but I've got. I got the times up as well, but that's probably going to only let me read one paragraph. Oh, man. Best Times article recently. Fucking, like, Van ooh, Morrison's ooh, 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 free ooh. speech is dead. Tomorrow, Tomorrow's front pages are coming out, and The Independent <gasps> has a scoop um, from Andrew Woodcock about uh, a major shake-up of Labour's top team. Oh, that's and just what we're talking about. Great. You'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll never guess. What's going to happen and, and who seems to be... Corbyn's uh, back. Who's expect- Mike Gapes is no. Shadow Foreign Secretary. No, okay, no, no, it's Rachel Reeves replacing Annalisa Dodds. Well, Annalisa they've not Dodds. said who's going to replace her, but she's expected to be the most high-profile victim. Who could have uh... seen that coming? Like, let, let's be honest, if, if, if Starmer had won a modest amount of seats yesterday and, and done sort of uh, qualified well, like... That's still going to happen <laughs> within a month. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been nailed on since about a day after she was appointed. In fact, in fact, as soon as as soon as um, as soon as he managed to get rid of um, of Rebecca Long Bailey, and then basically moved Rachel Reeves to to mainly shadowing his shadow chancellor rather than sort of shadowing um, Rebecca Long Bailey. Yeah. No. Exactly. Um. In terms of other people, well, there's one guy who's already gone. That's Khalid Mahmood, who was the defence spokesperson uh, for the Labour Party. I guess, no, I guess, yeah, a a defence, shadow defence minister, because John Healy is the shadow, bald, is the shadow secretary of state for the... John Healy is bald. He is also the shadow secretary of state for (laughs) defence. But Khalid Mahmood was, I guess, one of his little right-wing gang. Uh, And this guy is a proper right-wing cunt. Like, it's mad that he resigned because he was probably going to get promoted in this reshuffle. I I mean, you know, that's just just, uh, following my nose there. I I, I don't know. But anyway, he apparently uh, quit. Firstly, we heard that he quit citing that the Labour Party had been taken over by a London metropolitan elite and was, like, 
concerned with woke shit like uh, tearing down Churchill statues and didn't respect our flag and our boys and our queen, etc. He wrote this whole article for like some right wing think it the policy exchange, some right wing think tank, mm-hmm. and um, he, yeah. Anyway, it turns out that that was not his resignation announcement. He actually resigned from a front bench like front bench weeks ago for unrelated reasons. <laughs> unspecified unrelated reasons so fuck knows what's going on there i don't think we can really consider him part of this reshuffle but uh still quite funny just mysterious uh unannounced resignation (laughs) no one cares like yeah you know it's both an indictment on him an indictment on starmer's labor just nobody gives a shit about any of it who cares you know yeah well there's that quote that was just like Keir Starmer and some boring people, like, you know, that we read out from a focus group. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, there's going to be a big shake-up in his uh, shadow cabinet. Uh, Centrist backbencher, uh, unnamed, coward, told the Mirror, clearly Keir needs a stronger front-of-house team such as myself. I mean, that is the subtext of what these fucking people... If this person's a backbencher, it's Neil Coyle. It's obviously Neil Coyle who is wondering why he hasn't been promoted despite being an obnoxious, gobby, right-wing shithead with a head like a fucking conker. <laughs> clearly, Neil Keel needs the stronger front-of-house team. They need a collective... Front-of-house team? Yeah, what the fuck is that? just a fucking shit office environment for these people yeah. isn't it yeah they are they're all fucking yeah. david brent all of them yeah. <laughs> like um yeah surprisingly relaxed for a man in his uh, position of responsibility or whatever <laughs> they need a collective coherent narrative able to punch through in the very difficult circumstances of a government appearing to conquer a pandemic but he also needs a back-of-house team, up to the job ahead, capable of running campaigns on and offline in a way Labour has dodged or failed to deliver for too long. So, I mean, what we've heard is that there's talk that people want Jenny Chapman, who's like uh, Starmer, one of Starmer's big strategists, she used to be a Labour MP until last year, uh, what, 2019 rather. Yeah. Uh, they want her out, you know. I don't care. All of people, the people working for Starmer are fucking scum, and I hope all of them yep. lose their job. <laughs> Matt Pound, I hope he gets the boot wanker. But that's not going to happen. People like Matt Pound, the like hardline Labour first right wing, and the hardline Blairites, are just going to consolidate their grip on Starmer because he's pissed away all his goodwill to the left, uh, with the left at this point. So that's, uh, you know, where he sees the game as being in the Labour Party on the right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm. So here's what the Times says before <laughs> the paywall hits. Annalise Dodds, the Shadow Chancellor, Nick Thomas Simmons, the Shadow Home Secretary, and Emily Thornbury. The Shadow International Trade oh, Secretary. So, yeah, so he's tacking hard right. Hang on a second. Have been I, accused I of the... failing to make an impact. Yeah, yeah. I should be able to get the full thing up because I've oh, yeah, got get a, it up. a sneaky uh, extension that gets me around the paywall because I just love Nice. Uh, I, I, re- I rarely read, read it because it's the Times, but I just like morally stealing from them. 
Oh yeah, no, I I, I loved uh, the uh, Van Morrison "Free Speech is Dead in This Country" article. That was sick. Um, Annalise Dodds, uh, yeah, and Emily Thornberry and Nick and Nick Thomas Simmons, like that's so funny like yeah all on the soft left and like emily thornbury yeah it's true <laughs> she has made like no impact but on the other hand like how often does the shadow international trade secretary make a massive impact i mean like only fucking train spotters in pol- in political terms really generally know who that is so i mean yeah. it's a bit harsh on emily thornbury but on the other hand she did where, come up with that where are you, where are you where are you finding this by the way uh again i'll send it to you uh, on skype now um but like emily thornbury um i bet i just googled kia starmer reshuffle in it and i found it that way but um, got it got it got it right yeah Um, but but like she did come out of that ridiculous thing on her leadership campaign that was just like Oh yeah, if a leader starts polling under a certain uh, percentage, I'm pretty sure <laughs> have, Kia has have now. You seen, have you seen who they're, who they're tipping to be promoted? No, uh, I haven't. Can could you send me uh, it and like just paste the text into? Um... I, I'm going to read it to you because that's going to okay. be difficult. Um, okay. Several MPs believe that shadow cabinet ministers, such as Lisa Nandy, the shadow foreign secretary. <laughs> Jonathan Reynolds, the Shadow Work and Pensions Secretary, and Bridget Philipson, the Shadow Chief Secretary to the Treasury, should be promoted. They say the others who have pr- performed well in more junior roles, such as Jess Phillips, Wes Streeting, <laughs> Justin ah. Matters, and Alison McGovern, should who be promoted. Who the fuck is Justin Matters? I don't Matters. know who Justin Matters is. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Reynolds is kind of Bald. shit, shit, but not quite as obnoxious Terrible hairline. as the rest of them. Everyone else on there is just a flat-out shithead and should not oh be anywhere God, near yeah. any position of authority. Like, shouldn't even be local councillors anywhere. They're just fucking <laughs> dangers and, like, liabilities and just extremely, extremely right-wing. I presume probably the same is true of Justin Maddow because I've never heard of him and he's in that company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they also believe Starmer should have a de facto shadow minister for the Today programme, a job carried out <laughs> under previously... <laughs> A job carried out under previous leaders by Andrew Gwynn, Jonathan Ashworth, Michael Duger, and Ian Austin. Okay, uh, well... There's there's no shortage of absolute shitheads that can fill their role, is there? That's mad that Labour used to send Ian Austin out to do the Today programme. Like, seriously, what an awful party. Michael Duger, for fuck's sake, you know. I know, yeah, that guy as well is a total arsehole. I mean, I think Jonathan uh, Ashworth's a bit of an arsehole. I don't yeah, have any issue but with that. But he's better at hiding it than, really. than like a, yeah. uh, an Ian Austin type most of the time, you know? Austin, yeah, you see yeah. him speak for longer than 30 seconds, he's going to make a, a, an absolute dick of himself. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, just a terrible man. Uh, but, you know, there was that piece that said... That, one of Starmer's favourite media surrogates is Westry Thing, so maybe Starmer will become the shadow minister for the Today well, programme. Streeting is basically, like... Loathsome. Well, he, he's the... Like, he is the, the... The Bulbasaur of Pokemon to, like, uh, Starmer being, like, the, the evolved uh, Venusaur version of him. Like, they... they He's just a younger version of, of Starmer. They they fucking campaign together wearing the same suits and shit. Like, how, how could anyone not despise him? I I, re- I really can't comprehend how anyone could like find anything 
to draw them to this like despicable square-headed middle but middle management bursters. That's a straight I mean, in Starla... paradox, isn't it? Like nobody likes him, but he keeps failing upwards. Like I was. Um... When was he head of NUS? Because I'm, I, yeah, I was, he, he was the head of the NUS when I, I went back to university with what ended up being getting my degree. Um, and obviously most students didn't, particularly I wasn't at an NUS university, so most students really didn't know or give a fuck about like student politics like that. But every single person who I knew who did, wherever they were politically, like, who's that cunt, you know? God, imagine having to spend any time in his company. And exactly. Yeah, That's the here thing we with are. The Blairites, 12 though, years just later. just a fucking and job creation scheme for that kind of cunt who no one likes. Like, how. In, it's in like Masonic ju- kind of shit. It's just like you do the Blairite <laughs> fucking handshake. All right, fam. You know? <laughs> but, like, in a just world, right? Uh, DeMario Nunn's discovery of his like decade-long cache of incredibly bland but also career-ending tweets should have been the end of where streeting you know oh he should never have started man no like, but, I mean, no, no but jesus like, that should have been the thing to, to finally write that historic wrong you know well he was just like oh I, uh, can, can i write an article about how uh being critical of mcdonald's means that you, you are against mcdonald's workers and the new statesmen were like yeah we'll publish that and then he put it out and journalists were like oh this is a serious political crisis for jeremy corbyn's labor it's fucked up you know the west street in tweets that were like tony blair is a war criminal mm-hmm that's confirmed to be like Owen Jones getting hold of his phone at the time. Oh right. That that is a, a, a real politics scoop, I think. Oh wow. Okay. Nice. Well. Um. Good one. Yeah. However, it didn't really get any closer to actually getting Blair indicted as a war criminal. So. You know. Who you'd think that with streeting finally, yeah, uh, if against his will, the real big hit onto the course, yeah. then yeah, it's, things. Uh... Yeah, it's, uh, things Blair, Blair's, finally start Blair devoured turning by around. his own children, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Potentially, the literally, given, uh, given some of the, the rumours about him. The jail Blair movement, of which we are all a part. Yes. Um, I'm just like, I don't know how, like, FFF isn't around yet, so I'm just trying to clear some space on my computer so I don't have to, like, have an emergency stop to record it. Um... <laughs> Because, like, yeah, maybe FFF could update us on uh, this Mike Gapes fucking thing. That's, uh, yeah, I'll delete a bunch of our past MP3 Skype recorder recordings. Yeah, do that. We won't need them again. I always just worry, like, oh, what if there's some gold on there that, you know, we I could put out as, like, RP bootleg series. You Literally know? just buy an ex- another external hard drive, man. <laughs> uh, no, I've got plenty on them, like, you just asked to fucking put stuff on them. Uh, permanently delete all these the items. Yo- the Yoda meme about him going back for more olives at 4am or whatever it is, but it's just you going back for more like Neil Young bootlegs. <laughs> <laughs> Why uh, is my hard drive dying? 
<laughs> I've got okay. I've freed up a little bit of space. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now I can I can keep going for a bit. Then I'll have to think of something else to delete. So it's like I'm in a sinking ship and I'm constantly having to keep throwing my dead shipmates overboard. <laughs> it's like I'm sorry. It was like I guess like I could I could have eaten parts of you uh, and kept you on here, but yeah. That's exactly what it's like. So, um, what else has gone down then? There's been, uh, yeah, so the Shadow Cabinet reshuffle. Is there anything else in that Times article about, like, what no. he should do? That's no. one of the interesting bits. It's quite a brief article, really. It's clearly just some, uh, some gossip from a couple of, uh, sources. Ah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, so, I, I don't know if everyone on there is going to be true, certainly with the, who's going to be promoted, but I. I think Annalise Dodds is definitely for the chop, and I would have, I wouldn't be surprised to see at least one of Thornbury and, and Thomas Simmons go as well. And it will inevitably be someone to their right that replaces them, because that's how it works. Hmm. God, the, the the Times comment section is just hell, isn't it? It's just... <laughs> Absolute shit. Yeah, full of fucking morons. Like fucking yeah. Matthew Paris, that cunt was in there like the other day saying oh maybe it's time for a new centrist party i'm like great timing we've changed the independent group hitting all good bookshelves <laughs> apart literally... from the ones that don't tend to stock roger londonary style self-published shit <laughs> so they've got james uh, giles corin celebrating uh, boris johnson sticking up to the frenchies his words and then they've Great. commissioned a weekend essay like, what if Napoleon had invaded Britain? Just clearly <laughs> trying to like leave an actual war with France into existence. Man. Oh my god! I, Why I, are they so into war with France, these guys? I, like, I know Macron's a cunt, but like, <laughs> this is I don't know. no, war, war, war is a bit over the top, really. Just bleak. What the fuck? I tried to say oi oi. I'm gonna spell oi the Yiddish way, because I tried to send oi 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 to FFF with with eyes in it, uh, in the oi, and uh, it, it it corrected it to pi. It's like I'm not a mathematical genius. <laughs> I'm not recommending him the debut feature by Darren Aronofsky. I am simply saying oi 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 because he's watching a football hooligan movie <laughs> so, <laughs> so i'll just assume that we actually we made a joke about how like oi you know is both a cockney thing and a yiddish thing in our famous uh uh <laughs> milk silk and two ilford bastards i think it was called like guy ritchie style gape cast <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah so i don't know God, Oliver right, Cam's trying to reinvent himself as a as a mental health expert. Is he? Oh my god, going with Johan Harry Roots. <laughs> yeah, they obviously hate each other, but like, honestly, yeah. man, he's you a, and he's I, we are the same. Like how to get over clinical depression. Like, can you imagine <laughs> if, if you read Oliver Cam's book he's and it worked cure. and it worked and it got you over its depression? And then you realise like an hour later, oh fuck, I'm indebted to Oliver Cam, and you become even more depressed than you started. Like, <laughs> what the like, fuck is Oliver Cam got to offer on anything he, like this? He cures depression, but there's a side effect. You become a cunt. 
I can't even really add any more nods to it than that. I just yeah, I really despise him, man. He's, he's honestly an one of the piece of shit. Uh, genuine contender for like the worst cunt in the British brass. He deleted his uh, conversation with Simon Hedges in 2016, where I, I know that's like... what I hate him for most because that was one of the greatest interactions on the history of the website. I love that Simon Hedges tweet where he said to him where he was like, uh, it must have been tough for you, Oliver, when the Times supported the Tories all those years. Not me, though. I hated Gordon and Ed. <laughs> <laughs> when he's like, you know, uh, I, I, I can't remember the line, but it was like, um, you know, I enjoy putting the tick in the box just like you do for the Tories every time or something like that. And he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he sake. was like, and all of the camera replied like, "The Times has a very internationalist, uh, enlightened worldview," and like, uh, fucking, like Simon Hedges was like, "And what a worldview it is, Mister Murdoch is truly a, a great man." <laughs> Oh yeah, great. That was great times, and yeah, Oliver Cam being a fucking coward deleted all his replies to Hedges. Though. Yeah. Maybe it was in that spell where he was like deleting all his stuff because obviously he had that blog that was like the Islamophobia scam with Islamophobia <laughs> inverted commas because he doesn't think it exists, and he, he deleted that. And uh... he probably just recycled that for his Times column. Oh, probably. Yeah. Go, get, on, get the, it go on the, the Times. Yeah. Get your fucking Times paywall get um, pasta out of course it's it's on the internet archive and stuff and uh, FFF in particular but a few of the rest of us as well just love sort of spamming it in relation to anyone praising him getting it on his Wikipedia or this sort of thing (laughs) the long awaited FFF Uh, obviously one of the the best things you can do on Twitter is if someone posts a picture of like them in their room or study or whatever zooming in on their bookshelf and seeing what's in on what's on it yeah and the single best i've got there is like oliver cam got caught years and years ago like plagiarizing uh roger scruton uh (laughs) like not even on his like mad the chinese people are evil and stuff but like his boring views about traditional music and stuff like that oh fucking Uh, and it was found to be complete plagiarism um what snooze yeah i think i knew about that because like dan howden used to to bang on about what an absolute fraud oliver cam was like pre-twitter and stuff um but I zoomed in on like a picture of uh, Oliver Cam's bookcase, and it actually had the book that he plagiarised from, like right there, front and centre. <laughs> <laughs> did he have any? Did he have any David Irving? Was wasn't Cam one of the ones who was like a couple of years ago? Like there is no excuse to read or own anything by David Irving. And then like when Michael it Gove became had, an, had it, yeah, like, an oh, it's, it's fine. You've got to understand your enemies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember. An anti-left him, talking but... point. Yeah, no, I, I actually re-listened <laughs> to that episode recently. That was a oh, funny episode. I, I need to find out if this was FFF that's done it. But Oliver Cam's wiki page, personal life. This is the the entire content of the personal life section cam has described his marriage as caring but unsuitable and after it ended he was a single parent for their two young children (laughs) (laughs) i've been divorced i know what a divorce is like it has to be fff doesn't it man Um, (laughs) 
just in terms of some of the voters, right-wing voters, who the Labour Party does not seem to have won well, over. Well, Philip, Philip Cross was editing his own Oliver Cam's page. Well, Philip Cross, I don't know if he's uh, on the electoral register. I don't think. Um, but in terms of right-wing voters who Starmer's strategy has failed to bring on board into the Labour fold, one Lee Kern 13 on Twitter tweet <laughs> that's the <laughs> of he likes to <laughs> for what it's worth I hate the Labour Party they brought anti-Semitism into my life they were led by a person who hates British flag emoji and eschews our natural allies in favour of despots and the party is still populated by the worst types I'd always voted Labour. I'll never be won back. <laughs> He's been, like, fully red-pilled. He's, like, a hardline fucking, like, right-winger now. So he's he's gone down that path and is never coming back. And if, if Keir Starmer wants to, like, try spend his time trying to win over people who uh, say stuff like, He hates Britain and issues our natural allies. <laughs> like... He's going to find that a lot of these people just fucking hate the Labour Party because it's the, like, of the shit that they read, like, papers-wise or social media or whatever. The Labour Party is invariably persona non grata, whoever's leading it. So, uh, Starmer's going to run into a lot of people who just say, I'll never be won back. Oh, FFF is around. Let's get him in. Why are you on Facebook? Why do you need second-hand friends? Why do you really care who's trending? Or is there something you're defending? Get a life, is it that empty inside? Or are you after something you can't have? You kiss the girls and run away. You won't come out to play. Why you want Facebook? 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 Did you miss your 15 minutes of fame? Kind of twisted game. Put yourself in the frame. What some people work very hard to attain. Or are you looking for a scapegoat to blame? Is you're a failure again. Why are you on Facebook? 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 It's tech, it's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing. 